Welcome to the second episode of St. Agnes Quick Talks. If you'd like to donate to this podcast, visit us at churchofstagnes.org and click on the donate button. Our guest today is Dr. Emily Dada. She is the Associate Director of Catholic Education at the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, and she's going to be talking to us today about Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger's book, Introduction to Christianity. Welcome to this quick talk on Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger and his book, Introduction to Christianity. I'm Emily Dada, and always eager to talk about Ratzinger, especially here at St. Ignace. Before I begin about this book, I want to talk about another set of books. Not long ago, our family became heirs to a book collection of the Scholar of American History, with a particularly large amount of shelves devoted to World War II. This is good news for my family of all men. I picked up a book from this collection only once. In it, soldier Robert Maiden spoke about his comrade, Lonnie Corzing, in the machine gun squad. He writes, We encountered a minefield, which the engineers cleared a path across and laid a white tape on it. The word was, double time across, stay on the white tape. If you should receive fire, hit the deck on the tape. Maiden continues, Well, as luck would have it, Corazine fell off the tape. He must have hit what was, I would say, the equivalent of a 250-pound aerial bomb booby trap. All I saw after the explosion was the upper half of his body about 20 feet in the air. Later, we got word his mother couldn't believe that her son was dead. How can you tactfully tell a mother without getting too gross in a description of the details? This one story here from World War II confronts us with the unprecedented violence that was the common experience of men and women of the 20th century. The types of things Maiden encountered, millions of others experienced as well. And this was the world that Joseph Ratzinger entered as a young adult. Having himself served as a teenager in the military during the war, Joseph Ratzinger would later be ordained a priest and a bishop, named a cardinal, and eventually be elected as Pope in 2005 after the death of Pope St. John Paul II. And there he took the name Benedict XVI. Cardinal Ratzinger is one of those extraordinary theologians, and he's devoted his life to helping the faithful see God, see the world, and to see ourselves as we truly are. Ratzinger sees this as such a critical task because ideas about serious things, ideas like who I am, who God is, what the purpose of life is. These ideas have serious consequences, not only for my own life, but for society and for all of history. If I believe, for example, as the 19th century scientist Louise Agassiz did, that there are such dramatic differences between individuals with light skin and dark skin that we can speak of a hierarchy of racial types and the deterioration of mixed race populations, these ideas, especially so-called scientific ones, are going to impact the way that I see the world, the way I order my life, the way I treat my neighbor. So ideas not only impact individuals themselves who hold them, but whole societies, and they direct the course of history. It's no surprise, then, that one of Rod Singer's books, Introduction to Christianity, takes up a large amount of wrong ideas about the most important things in life including those wrong ideas that have been put forth by Christians as Christian ideas, but actually have nothing to do with Christianity. There are moments in history then that seem ripe for a world to respond to this evangelizing work, to leave behind its false beliefs and embrace the liberating ideas of Christianity. 
like Robert Maiden watching the body of his comrade be blown to pieces, or an entire world watching George Floyd die. There are times when it seems as though everyone everywhere can see the desperate need for God. And yet, Rotziner writes, although the number of believing Christians throughout the world is not small, Christianity has failed in these historical moments to make itself heard as an epic-making alternative. The question Rodziner asks, and the question we should ask ourselves, is why? Why hasn't Christianity been embraced right now by a world, by our country at least, that is in such desperate need for transformative light, truth, beauty, goodness? Of course, the answer is complex, and here we're only wading ankle-deep in its waters, but before we begin to look at Rodziner's answers, let's make sure we set aside two lines of thinking that will lead us astray. First, it's important to acknowledge that Christianity has the power to profoundly change cultures for the better, and it has deeply transformed our own culture, even if we've lost sight of that influence in our own day. The scientific revolution, equal rights, the dignity of women, these are just some of the ideas made possible by Christianity taking hold of a culture. So let's not lose sight of the fact that the power of the gospel elevates our ordinary human culture, purifying it of its excesses and errors to really bring about a glimpse of the kingdom of God here on earth. A second line of thinking that can lead us astray around this question is the idea that Christianity can no longer satiate the modern search for happiness and love. It may have been useful for those ancients and medieval people, but we have moved beyond its colorless, uh, superstitious, boring, its conventional teachings. We need something more interesting, more attractive, more beautiful, something to really inspire our spirits. It's here in the second era that we start to move into Rosiner's thoughts on why Christianity is not having the impact we think it should right now in our culture. The problem is that too many Christians have actually lost sight of the key truths of Christianity, those central truths that then open the door to understanding the fullness of Christian teaching. In large swaths, Ratzinger notes that Christians have lost the essentials of what it means to be a Christian. Christianity's failure to take root in society is in large measure due to the fact that Christianity has not taken root in the hearts and mind of its own who take the name of Christian. And an even more insidious move, uh, the truths of Christianity, as Rodziner argues, have been largely replaced by unchristian ideas passed off as Christianity. Non-Christian ideas posing as Christian ideas have gutted Christianity of its evangelizing power. Ratzinger places significant blame here on theologians who have, quote, slipped into the habit of watering down Christianity into sweet-sounding generalities, which certainly flatter the ears of their contemporaries, but deny the faithful the strong meat of the faith to which they are entitled. Without this strong meat of the faith, Christianity will never enter the world as the thrilling, adventurous, glorious, life-changing way of seeing the world that it really is. Rodziner wants to give this strong meat to the faithful, this strong meat, the real truths of Christianity. Christianity that reveal the adventure of the human race and the underlying drama of every individual life. Each of our lives that will ultimately force us to confront death, 
And if we want, we can enter into a life bursting with beauty, with intelligence, with power, and with love that transforms us to reflect the living God right here, right now. So this is the nub then of Christianity, the central point. God so loved the world, he gave his only son so that we can drink deeply of his satisfying peace, his thrilling joy, and his radiant love. While God made each of us to be his sons and daughters, clothed with radiance, overflowing with happiness, the difficult truth is that we are under the curse of death by our deliberate choice to separate ourselves from God, the very source of our life. You can say we are a condemned race. The decay of our bodies can be easily seen in the visible world, and yet the worst fate happens in the spiritual dimension of reality, eternal separation from God. We have handed our own destiny over to the powers of darkness and forfeited our entitlement as heirs. The world and all its creatures, including each one of us, are now under the power of evil, separated from God. It's easy to forget the true desperation of our situation when we are as wealthy and well-fed as we are, enjoying a seemingly endless buffet of good food and drink, TV episodes designed for binge-watching, modern medicine to cure our physical pains, and technological mastery over so many of the difficulties of life. These are good things, and yet it's easy to forget in these circumstances the fragility of our situation. If we are lulled to sleep and unaware that we are ruled by the powers who hate God and are positioned to take us permanently from him, this central point of Christianity will not capture our attention. And that central point again, God so loved the world, he sent his only son to pursue us, to rescue those who want to be plucked out of this misery, this misery that each one of us has chosen, and we are now powerless to do anything about it on our own strength. And so God steps in and says, I want you back. And for those who want it, God offers us a way back to him. That way is the Christian faith. And the whole of the Christian life is devoted to allowing ourselves to be won back by God for himself. Christianity is, as Ratzinger writes, the finding of a you that upholds me and amid all the unfulfilled hope of human encounters gives me the promise of an indestructible love that not only belongs for eternity, but guarantees it. Christian faith lives on the discovery that not only is there such thing as an objective meaning, but that this meaning knows and loves me, and I can entrust myself to him. It's no small decision for us. Ratzinger reminds us of the difficulty with which every person faces in choosing to become a Christian. This view of the world, this view of ourselves, this view of God is perfectly reasonable to believe but it's not always self-evident and it can never be plainly seen with the visible eyes. Christian belief, Ratzinger writes, has always had something of an adventurous break about it because in every age, it is a risky enterprise of accepting what plainly cannot be seen as the truly real and fundamental. The choice for Christianity, for God, is not the default choice for human beings. 
Their choice is the insidious curse of death. The choice for God, then, requires a deliberate turn against the rulers of this world who, as a consequence of our choice against God, have dulled our vision of God, darkened our intuitive knowledge of him, and weakened our ability to love him. Yet God never fails to pursue, leaving the 99 behind to pursue you, to pursue me, to bring us back to himself. So again, this is the nub of Christianity as Ratzinger frames it. Everything belongs to God, but to man is lent the freedom to say yes or no, the freedom to love or to reject it. This is the choice that every human person makes. The world is a time of testing, of sifting of hearts. The truths of the faith, if we accept them, allow us to walk with unprecedented confidence and security through all the dark perils of this life to a new life bursting with love. Returning now to our original question around the reasons Christianity has not entered the world stage as this epic changing alternative to the failures of the wrong ideas about life and its meaning, we can tentatively respond that it's an indictment on Christians, especially those entrusted with teaching the faith. Ratzinger notes that theology is not measuring up to its task when it is, quote, inventing doctrines of its own taste and thus offering stones instead of bread its own talk instead of the word of God. And this is what he sets out to correct in his book, Introduction to Christianity. Christians have not been fed. They've been starved of the riches of their inheritance. They have been uprooted, severed from their own tradition. And so there certainly needs to be a serious effort to replant Christians in the, in the garden of the true Christian intellectual and moral tradition so that their roots can grow deep nourished by the living waters. At the same time, Ratzinger keeps this effort in perspective. Christianity at its heart never set about to change the world. The world itself is passing away with every living being ending in death. That we can see. Christianity gives each of us a way out of our desperate alienation from God. And that happens one person at a time. The remarkable thing, though, is that when a number of people choose God, they bring to the world a glimpse of its future glory. This is the future we all hope for and work for, but we don't become discouraged when Christianity does not have the influence we would hope for in the world. Cardinal Sarah wrote recently, quote, I want to tell you, your mission is not to save a dying world. No civilization has promises of eternal life. Your mission is to live out with fidelity and without compromise the faith you have received from Christ. Faith is a fire. A person himself must be on fire in order to transmit it. In conclusion here, using this analogy, Ratzinger's writings can largely be summarized as an effort to teach the truths of the faith so that everyone has the opportunity to encounter the fire so that those who want to find their way back to God can find the path to him ablaze in the darkness of this world. Finding the path is critical, and yet knowledge is not enough, nor is it the whole point of life. As Ratzinger says over and over, the real drama comes in our choice to follow it, to respond to the love that is reaching out, bending over backwards to bring us to safety to bring us safely to God, 
the love that each of our hearts desire. And each person is lent the freedom to say yes or no to that invitation. It's been good to be with you all. I'm praying for blessings on your day. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.